0: You are listening to Beyond the Verse, a Star Citizen podcast. A show dedicated to Cloud Imperium Games, Star Citizen and Squadron 42. Whether you fight, explore, unite, and or trade, we bring you news, updates, interviews, reviews, and analysis. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a pour of Radagast, and join us as we go Beyond the Verse.
1: Launch sequence activated.
0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Episode 17 of Beyond the Verse Star Citizen Podcast with your host, Solas. So sorry about last week. As many of you know... I work at amazon and we were right in the middle of prime day so my happy ass was in seattle washington handling all of that fun um as you know following the socials you saw ask uh, we saw you saw us ask a lot of questions um on what you're buying to enhance your star citizen experience and we're actually going to get into a lot of that later on in the podcast so what you can expect on this week in star citizen, uh, we have the Arena Reborn Part 3 from last Friday, then we get into Saturday, which, spoiler alert, there's an event that we definitely want to talk about today. Um, it was a 30 versus 30 versus 30 tank event between three content creators, sanctioned by Star Citizen, uh, that has a lot of conversation needed to unpack stay tuned stand by uh, we on wednesday we had a citizen con intel drop uh, a reminder that booth applications are ending the july 31st and then an atmos sports kind of addition to the experience called fighter flights we'll get into both later on towards the end of this podcast and then last but not least uh, we wanted to go over some of the th- ways to enhance your gaming experience so i did Shell out a lot of money and got uh, Toby Eye track, uh, Tracker. I got a nice little model that I'll talk about from JRDF, phenomenal company. Um, again, later on in the call. But let's take the gloves off, go right for the jugular. Let's go into this last Saturday. And who better to throw into the conversation than one of the three content creators? His name is Chris, his handle is blasphemous. Sir, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You bet. You bet. First podcast is what I'm hearing. <laughs> it
1: is. Very first podcast ever.
0: Yeah, it's a little different. Like it's not, you know, much live. It's not much like entertaining community. It's like production and like really knowing what you're about to say. It's improv, right? <laughs> right. um great so so what i wanted to do first off i wanted to give you the platform maybe introduce yourself um this podcast is hitting around 19 countries um it's a great breadth of audience that might not know who blasphemous or chris is so please feel free love to hear you introduce yourself as i know probably most of the community here in the chat room already knows who you are but
1: all right um well i'm blasphemous i go by chris Everyone calls me Chris. Uh content creator for Star Citizen. Um full-time uh stream on Twitch. It's the only place that I really like focus on. Um but yeah, that's about it. So <laughs> I've been I've been streaming Star Citizen for just over a year now. Yeah. Uh started April 14th of 2022. Yeah.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah, you're you're actually one of the first content creators that were streaming that I started watching. So, really, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, what I did when I first created this, like, you know, at the beginning of the year, I went through who Star Citizen was following and just kind of like followed who you know had production value. And you're one of the first ones I watched, and you do an amazing show. I actually crashed your show earlier today. Uh, your production value is amazing. So. Absolutely.
1: I really appreciate
0: that. Yeah. I recommend anybody listening uh, to this to go check them out on, on, on Twitch. Um, but here's, here's kind of the backstory and why I wanted Blasphemous specifically or Chris specifically on this. I asked a poll. So Saturday happens. We'll get into the details here in a little bit. But I created a poll that gained some traction, over 6,000 impressions, almost 500 votes. Um, it generated a lot of conversation about it. But I felt a certain way going into this poll, I, I asked basically, uh, how do we feel about Saturday's events? Do we, do we approve the actions of a few trying to go and sabotage or disrupt a content creator event? Or do we disapprove it for the most part? And I actually went into this thinking, fair game. Let's go. Like, let's, it, it's, it's the persistent universe. Anything goes. Even Tyler Witkin, CIG, supports the approach um, of anything goes, PVP yourself or protect yourself, right? right? It wasn't until Chris, it wasn't until you said something in that thread that completely changed the way I viewed this. And that is why I wanted you on this conversation. So you said the word organic. And that is what changed my entire opinion. So do you want to go through kind of what led up to this? What led up to the events? What was the planning process like? And kind of walk us through Saturday.
1: Uh, Yeah, so obviously um, there was a lot like a preparation going into the event. Um, We kind of got the event from my twitch chat someone mentioned we should do like a 15 v 15 org battle and uh me and bell was like let's turn it into like a 30 v 30 v 30 with like two other content creators so we you know we reached out and um the smashly and uh Authy, both of them said they'd love to be you know they'd love to participate in it and that's when we kind of started laying the groundwork for it and I didn't really have to do a whole lot. Bell's the one that took care of most of it. Othi made the flyers for it, and um, all I had to do was make sure come the day of everybody had their armor, their ammo, and you know just their kits and everything. Yeah. Um, and for the like t- twenty-four hours leading up to the event, that's basically all I was doing was handing out armor, ammo, and yeah. medical supplies you know and um yeah then the day of we all um got into one big party and we launched into the pu to spool up a new server yeah um so after we launched we so in the stuff.
0: lobby in the lobby you had what all 90 or you had
1: 100
0: and um th- we had
1: 97 people in the lobby. Okay. That's, that's yeah. a
0: significant amount.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was sure. huge. It was yeah. crazy. Like, all of like whenever we loaded in, we were all at Port Tressler, and it was yeah. crazy just seeing that many names there, you know, like in yeah. one party. Um, yeah. But for some reason, whenever we launched, it didn't prioritize the party. Uh, some of our members were stuck in an infinite loading screen. Yeah. Um, and then like the undesirables were able to load in that way yeah so
0: yeah so before we get into actual saturday the precautions that y'all took going into the planning like you didn't choose a jump point you didn't choose like a mining facility like it was come to find out afterwards like it was a
1: very discreet kind of unknown location right 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 it was this kind of um just literally uh, somewhere on the surface of micro deck I think the nearest jump point was 250 kilometers away got it Got it
0: yeah so I think that's Important for the listeners and the viewers On YouTube to, to also consider Is like the intent was And the vision and everything was Set up to be its own discrete kind of location to prevent The organic Sabotage that I think we all Are okay with right we we kind right. Of Celebrate that so walk Us through Saturday y'all y'all get started 1 p.m. Central I think was when it was Supposed
1: um, to go alive. we actually All started uh we started the event was said was set to start at 1 p.m. central yeah uh we started preparing at 12 central and uh just like grouping up that's when we launched into a server um noticed there were some people there that we didn't want there so we tried another server that that itself took forever um Yeah. yeah just getting everyone out and you know uh apparently no new servers don't spool but every 10 to 13 minutes so even mm. after we were in the lobby we had to wait yeah and you know uh, we finally get into another server yeah. and we noticed that they're and they made it in the server as well and so we're like all right whatever we'll we'll run with it you know we'll do what we can sure um, so the way that the we had it set up. Was everybody was in one party? We had Bell take a box mission, share the mission out to everyone. Yeah. So that she could run, pick the box, and set it on the planet as a uh, center point. Okay. So everyone could be able, like, even after we drop party, they'd yeah. still be able to see as a center point. So everyone waited for her to go, like, set that and get just get the area ready, and then uh we all started heading down. Um. I think i pulled out a couple of ships for other people just to like fly security um not that it did any good <laughs> There were uh, a couple of new pilots sadly but it was a retaliator and eclipse and i'm like how you know how bad can it be Re- um,
0: <laughs> famous last words
1: <laughs> yeah yeah um anyways we we finally oh lord um we had so many issues just getting everybody to the surface on the way down, or leaving the uh, the station, Bell's Carrick despawned, leaving a bunch of people 50 kilometers away from the station out in space. So we had to get them. Yeah. Um, And then finally, we got everyone aboard my 890. We took it down, and Bell got everybody from space and uh, her Carrick down there. Yeah. And we uh, we started unloading the tanks. We finally got my crew on the ground in, in tanks ready to go, and uh, some of Smashless' crew was coming in. Authy had some issues coming in whenever they went to jump to the location. Um, a security ship hit her 890 and soft deathed it. Oh. <laughs> so 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 I'm going
0: to I'm actually going to pause you real quick. So all right, one of the first sentiments that came across my poll was, oh man, I'm actually happy that content creators were not able to get an event launched. Like there were people actually upset or actually happy that content creators were not successful launching an event. But there's a part of me that actually I I want to pause on what you just said. Like everybody had issues logging in just like everybody else. Right? Like, oh, yeah. Like, Smashly had issues. It sounds like Authy had issues. You had issues. Like, this is not some weird conspiracy theory that CIG has it out, you know, for the player base. (laughs) Like, that is also a very valid conversation, maybe for another podcast, another day. Right. Um, Uh, I mean, I
1: will say some people think that content creators have better servers than. <laughs> yeah, I assure them we do not. as right. the same servers as everybody else. And you work for CIG, right? I just am we very. No,
0: no, <laughs> I, do, I do not. No, okay. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Please continue. I just I think that's a very um, it's a very good point.
1: But I don't I don't think Althea ever actually made it to the ground. Um, Smashly was coming to the ground and she crashed the desktop, and. I think by the time she finally got in, all of the A2s were in there, and uh, the server had already started the thirty k. Yeah. Um, which I mean, we we weren't even like really mad about it. We were gonna try to shoot down the Moabs and just see what we could do. You know, like <laughs> I think I think the people watching were more mad about it than we were. Sure. Um. Sure. So
0: I think this is a, I think this is a great stopping point or pausing point. So, all right. So a couple things here. Um, one, I would have loved to have seen 90 people on the ground, eight eight tanks, you said, or however many,
1: eight tanks, eight eight tanks tanks, per team,
0: 90 people like going against eight A2s, like let it play, let it play. That would have been hilarious to watch. Um, even if everybody gets nuked, people love dumpster fires there's right. there's validity there right so i would have loved for that to continue to happen um i asked you before the podcast what you thought about this but another sentiment was uh, cig pulled the plug the 30k was caused by star
1: citizen and how did you respond to me um they definitely didn't yeah why uh, what had happened like cig they like they're, they're never they will not step in ever um they just won't uh yeah, they catch. I mean, first thing is they catch too much backlash, you know, like sure. for showing favoritism to anyone, right? Yeah. Uh, secondly, the reason of the thirty k was all the freaking Moabs in the yeah. ground. I mean, yeah. And uh, I think in one of Smashley's clips, you can see just five, four or five Moabs just spinning around on the ground. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so,
0: uh, I I th- again I. That would have been fun to watch. I would have, I would have loved to have watched like that full out spectrum war. And I'm actually going to share my screen real quick. Um, I think CIG, I think CIG actually also supports what you and I are saying. This idea of like let it play out. And I'm actually going to read um, CIG's stance, Tyler Witkin's stance on how they feel about this interaction. So I'm going to go ahead and share the one screen uh, for for our uh our brief let me get actually to boom here we go okay so this is back on march 2nd 2020 so several years ago over three years ago um zylo tyler whitkin um writes an article excessive griefing and stream sniping hi everyone i'm just going to read this verbatim and then me and chris will discuss hi everyone we've recently received a lot of reports detailing excessive griefing and would like to take a moment to openly address the feedback and share our stance for a majority of these matters a pvp solution is preferable break i think everybody in that vote thread echoed that same sentiment in a in an mmo simulation let it play out It does suck like I've been a victim of doing like a box mission and getting my ass handed to me But you know, I look back on those moments and I'm like, yeah, I probably should have had a gun on me Like (laughs) I was in like a jumpsuit nothing else. So, you know, you learn over time But I think most people can agree that pvp is is the right solution back to the article Frequently, when these scenarios are reported to us, we encourage those who feel they are being targeted to rally with their friends and orgs in an attempt to fight back. And I think eight tanks and, you know, I don't know, 90 players on the ground is, or you know, (laughs) rallying your friends. We're not here to protect players from aggressors, pirates, or NPV peers. That's the right answer. A big part of Star Citizen is about that dichotomy, that epic clash that occurs when opposing forces meet and rally others to their cause. The wars at Jumptown were a prime example of the exciting emergent gameplay that can blossom when a lawful player comes face to face with an outlaw. However, there is a line that is occasionally crossed where players are going outside the bounds of immersing themselves as a pirate PVPer. Some users are going to go out of their way to leverage live streams and other mediums to excessively grief. In many of these cases, it's no longer about enjoying the game, but rather disrupting it stream sniping pad ramming firing into armistice zones or utilizing various exploits to grief others these are just a few examples of excessive griefing which we do not tolerate he goes on to say if you find yourself on the receiving end of this we are more than happy to investigate and in cases where it's warranted we will absolutely intervene simply reach out to us through our support page at this link and make sure to provide as much information as possible screenshots videos always help in addition to better monitoring preventing excessive griefing we're also exploring a number of in-game changes that should help considerably more info on that at a later time which break like in three years i don't feel like there's been much of a difference like (laughs) i don't think the law system really uh prevents that from happening three years later but my own take more info on that at a later time. And of course in the future, the law system will also play a stronger role in creating consequences for unlawful behavior. In the meantime, and all the time, take the sage advice of two wise individuals who once posited that we should all be excellent to each other and party on dude, whenever possible. So yeah. So I, I wanted to read that because that CIG's approach is yeah. Yeah let's go let's let, let's sabotage what we can sabotage and let's celebrate that because it is ultimately a sandbox mmo anything goes um i actually agree with that i think where we draw the line is the organic piece if my happy ass is flying an a2 and i see 90 people on a ground i'm probably gonna nuke the crap out of you like i don't know oh, because 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 i can <laughs> right um but going going from one server to another in order to execute that i think that's where we draw the line how do you respond to tyler or xylo's uh, stance on this chris
1: oh yeah like if, if this had been completely organic i wouldn't have cared like had the single care uh, the only issue i had was them following us cross servers um sure That's And, like, if anyone wants to bring up TOS, that's the only thing that they broke in TOS. They didn't stream snipe. There was no way for them to stream snipe. Everybody covered their screens when flying to the locations, and, you know, like... We we did everything that we could to make sure that nobody could stream snipe, you know? Like... Yeah. And we've had Discord muted to the streams, so that if anyone did say the location, it wasn't there. But... uh, yeah whenever like you know if you look the TOS under the harassment that it mentions like following a group across servers and that's that's where i feel like they cross the line sure had it been organic like no problems for me you know like not an issue with it at all yeah because i mean I, like literally all i do is shoot at people in the game <laughs> <laughs> that's it and yeah. if i die cool if i live awesome even better
0: yeah 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 yeah. No, it's funny. So so quick aside, I, I am guilty of pad ramming and let me explain myself before like I just get canceled. Um, <laughs> this is before this is before I knew that it was like against TOS's, but I would spawn a ship and leave an orbital station, and some dude with a red chevron crime stat would just kill me. I suck at, at dog fighting. I suck. I'm horrible at it, right? Um, so <laughs> I ended up like we'd go back and forth. Like I would launch, he'd kill me, they would kill me, and we'd just keep on going back and forth. So I'm like, you know what? Screw this. The next time I see them land, I'm just gonna like fly into their shit and run their day. <laughs> so like there's some point of like the game almost encourages that behavior Um, it it encourages the creativity of making your own fun and i think that definition of fun is different for people right in a game in a game that cancels reputation resets your gear um, people are saying well why play 319 of 320 is about to come out people are saying community is saying that sc is inviting this behavior so how would you respond chris to those saying that it's the design of the game and people are going to sabotage um as they see fit
1: you can you can sabotage you know like and that's fine like you like if you want to be a piece of shit like i'm a piece of shit in game 100 like you can be but like you, you as long as you go by TOS there's nothing anyone can say wrong about it. Sure. Like you kill an Aurora leaving the station so what? You know like as long as you killed them without pad ramming them then it's yeah. fine.
0: Yeah.
1: Like it doesn't matter. Yeah absolutely. Like that's my thing is like griefing whenever someone calls griefing I say the only thing that I like that I believe to be griefing is breaking to us. Pad ramming stream sniping, things like that. Like, that's fair.
0: Yep, absolutely fair. And and what I'll tell you, so for those of you who are listening to me for the very first time, um, I've been content creating for eight years. I've actually been working in the gaming industry uh, for New World with Amazon. Um, So I have a a little bit of an industry uh, perspective or background. Griefing has a different definition for every game and every platform and every model that a game is built for. So how griefing is defined, It's not really up to anybody, you know, it's just this idea of like, do you feel wronged? And then then you have to talk about emotions, right? Like, I don't know, should you feel wronged? Like, should you feel like your butt hurt? Um, And it becomes like a thing. But what I will tell you is the head of community for Amazon, um, he's one of my really good friends. We were talking about this exact same situation leading up to this podcast. He was actually the head of community for War of Tanks. And what he was saying is like a really interesting approach that he took from that community perspective is like he actually... He actually celebrated like the quote unquote griefers. They knew who they were and they, they partnered with the griefers. And so when they would do events, they would actually set up bounties and say, hey guys, like you can sabotage the crap out of our events, but know that we're gonna set bounties on all of your heads like <laughs> okay right. and then and then all all's fair in love and war right like at that point right. you, know, you know do what your heart's content is but know that people are going to get extra you know loot or extra points or whatever if they kill you so there's there's an interesting talk about what the solution is and I would love to pick your brain on your experience what your community is saying like your discord the Six squad as badass as that sounds what is everybody saying that the future or the solution is for
1: something like this like what do you think honestly I have no idea like (laughs) nailed it I really don't me (laughs) the solution for it you know like okay so they made SPK the only place you could clear to encourage more PVP and all all they did was bring in PVE right sure nobody really nobody pvps at spk because you're gonna have the station shooting at you the whole time right. like it's like everything that star citizen tries to do to encourage pvp is the wrong thing you know like <sighs> now and like to discourage players from going or from like shooting at each other you, what you go to prison for 24 hours it takes 15 minutes to escape prison yeah. max yeah. you know like now it's easier to clear your crime set because it's faster, like it clears faster than it did before. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I, I don't, I don't really know what, what they could do, but no. and I don't think they do either. Like I'm very yeah. Star Citizen positive, but yeah. Um, I well, just.
0: Well, and that's a that that's a good place to be, in my opinion. That's a good place to be, and you don't want them to have the answers, because here's the deal: any sort of lever that they pull or thing that they put in place is a removal or a takeaway from my freedom to do whatever I want in the game, right? So anything, like if they want to increase the law system and make it even more unbearable, what about the times? Like I've been, I spent time in jail for no reason at all. Like I would leave an orbital station and like one of the security guards would just blow up. Like, yep. I, didn't, I didn't fire anything, <laughs> but one of the security guards blew up and they're like, Crime Stat. Like, shit. Like, <laughs> what do you mean, Crime Stat? <laughs> um, so, like, you don't want to extend like the jail sit ins. You don't want to make it more unbearable for the accidents and the people that maybe like did something wrong and like don't necessarily want to go through the punishment. But any sort of variable that they pull for the player base is going to impact more than just the small minority that do this quote unquote. Griefing, whatever that means, right? We don't know what that right. means. So here, here's my deal. I, 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 have two solutions, and I would love to hear like your response to these two solutions. So number one, I'm a lore guy. Came from a content creation group called the Lore Seekers. Last 16 episodes, I go into like a lore deep dive at the end of the podcast. So I'm a lore mm-hmm. guy. If a Star Citizen sanctioned event is going on, activate the UEE. Right, the same security, the same security that flies for Invictus launch week, turn them on and have them flying wherever they're sanctioned, right? Wherever Star Citizen sanctions this event, heaven forbid you get a crime stat, right? Because you against the Javelin or the bingle uh, bingle carrier, like your day's over. So what do you think about that? Now tech, resources, let's get into the whole like racy model of what it takes to make something happen. Like. All right, so yes there's a tech uh, asset here but what do you think about like maybe using in-game lore or in-game mechanisms to police or to set up
1: i think it'd be really cool it's just in the current state of the AI, and the moment it would be useless because That's i mean you can you can literally go kill a navy hammerhead with an aurora and yeah you know but <laughs> if the ai was a little better that would not be possible yeah but
0: maybe in like 20 years when the
1: game launches <laughs> totally I think getting. like the best thing that they're doing right now that will be a good impact for events is the upcoming arena commander yes. where you will be able to have your own private events
0: yeah. And so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that was my second solution was something like Arena Commander where they've already said in 320 that we're going to be able to customize um, private servers. That would have been a perfect yeah. opportunity for you, Smashly Authy, to get together and say, all right, here's the the player count, the condition standards, the location. I mean, that honestly solves it. But But my question for you is taking it out of the PU, does that... Does that negatively impact? Does it like take away the Star Citizen esque of the event?
1: It does to a point, yeah. you know. Like we we had a member from uh, the org who gathered gear. He spent thirteen hours gathering gear, you know, because we all wanted we wanted each team to have like matching gear sets. And uh, I, I chose the person security artifact armor for ours because it's my favorite gear in the game and it just looks the best to me yep (laughs) and uh you know he spent 13 hours i think gathering gear um you know so like it takes away the preparation for the event you know you just click a button you're like i need this and yeah and that that takes away half the fun i think yeah
0: yeah, I think the in-state. Um, you heard it last Friday on the Arena Commander Reborn 3.0. They talked about spectator mode and how like flying your ship and actually like putting, you know, advertisements on the sides of your whole sea, right? Like how sexy that would be. But you almost take that away. You will take that away if you go into Arena Commander and do the custom uh, private servers. So I'm right there with you, man. Like it's it's a it's a difficult problem to solve. It's one that I don't envy. CIG on having to face like they want this open world MMO simulation live in space do whatever your heart desires at the same time the Saturday happens so I don't envy them at all right (laughs) yeah absolutely well I've loved this conversation. I I said 15-minute segment. We're at 31 minutes. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah. look at me, right? Uh, Man, I really do appreciate you being on, Chris. To the community that's over in chat, you guys have been storming chat. Thank you so much for the dialogue. Uh, Chris, if people are hearing you for the first time and they want more of you, how, how do they find you? How do they get more involved in the Six Squad or what you're producing?
1: Um well we run an open community we've ever since day one we've been down to help new players i'm live almost every day of the week on twitch everybody is welcome to join
0: absolutely yeah and it's a phenomenal uh it's a phenomenal community so first off six squad y'all are amazing just a few couple of minutes i've spent there in chat with y'all you're very engaging uh it it seems like what you've fostered or what you've created uh is 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 quite amazing thank you again chris for joining us i hope this finds you well brother
1: yes i really appreciate you having me
0: absolutely anytime anytime let me know (laughs) all right moving on to the rest of the podcast again last week I was in Seattle. We did ask a lot of questions about how you are enhancing your experience in Star Citizen. And it sounds like, mainly for the most part, there's three avenues that most people take. All right. So, number one, right? Number one, it's joysticks. Like, oh my gosh, there was so much discussion about Thrustmaster. Versus all these other brands. And so I asked the question, like, which Thrustmaster? And people are like, you're an idiot. Like, don't do Thrustmaster. There's all these other options. So I spent a couple of days looking into joysticks. So we'll get into that in a couple of seconds. Number two, Tobii Eye Tracker. Um, And I actually did end up buying the Tobii Eye Tracker. I'm actually going to describe my first experiences and, I guess, overall impression of it. Uh, Here in a couple of seconds, but the Toby eye tracker was like the number one um, suggested item to get for this game. And then number three, this, this is actually really funny. So number three, people were like, listen, if you don't have at least 32 gigabytes of of RAM, you're not able to actually play. Star Citizen. <laughs> you're not able to see or do um really anything. And so people were talking about upgrading their RAM um to get the volumetric clouds turned on and etc. So here's here's what I did. Here's what I did. So I actually got the Toby Eye Tracker, um, because of my review and because of morphology, uh, or yeah morphology in his review that he did for the toby eye tracker um and i have been very 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 happy with that purchase again you can see it right here i'm going to go ahead and share my screen and just go over the website real quick so everybody can see uh what i'm looking at But here's the toby eye tracker the website it's more than just gaming and so here's Here's one of the things that I look at when I look at peripherals or when I look at ways of enhancing my podcast, audiovisual uh, gaming experience, I look at what else they're doing outside of gaming. I hate to say this as a content creator, but gaming is very uh, singular. It has its left and right limits. Um, it doesn't really involve a lot of creativity because people look at their left and right limits. How do I get a peripheral out for the current market? They can surmise and project what the next couple of years may look like, but you're going to get kind of the next best thing or like like maybe the best thing at this current moment and really nothing more. So what I look at is their entire catalog. What else are they doing? And if you look at Toby and their website, they are doing significantly more than just gaming peripherals. So when I look through their website, just, just quickly, you can do this yourself. I would highly recommend it. It's a phenomenal experience. But go through and look at the research, right? Um, scientific research about the computer and things that they're using with office uh, implementation, automotive, ways that they're impacting the automotive industry, and just quickly training, uh, extended reality with whatever the hell XR is, healthcare. So when I look at this, I think that you're investing in not only like a peripheral, but a company that is going to be here for the long run. I think the one analogy I would like to reference is the Go, Go XLR. I personally use the Go XLR, but they just up and stopped supporting, or for the future, they will stop supporting any patch or any sort of support. They're, they're gone, they're over and done with. Now, had they been implemented in healthcare and automotive, you have a little bit of more protection, a little bit of more commitment beyond just, okay, we're going to go ahead and change our sites to something else. So it shows duration, it shows commitment, um, but I can't speak enough on just this first experience jumping on Toby's website, but specifically if we go into products and we go into gaming, they have a line, uh, the Toby Eye Tracker, this is tracker number five so i will be honest with you my 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 first impression like i got nauseous now halo training dive school all the sexy things that you can do in the army special operations like i i never got nauseous but here i am high 30s (laughs) Maybe I'm just old. But when I first put on, uh, when I first activated the Tobii Eye Tracker and I got into my spaceship, it was very disorienting. Um, like not only do your eye movements move like the, the part of the screen that you're looking at, but even your head movements will move the entire camera. And if you're not ready for it or if you're not used to it, it, it can be overwhelming it, it can really uh impact your gaming so my initial reaction was like oh crap i'm gonna go ahead and turn this off there's no way i'm gonna be able to to really do this but when i stopped and like i don't know i, I chose not to do bounty hunting i was like you know i want to do box missions something that's like not really that big of a deal i'm gonna do box missions I noticed that you can can look up and look at the top of your canopy. You can look to the right and left. You can lean forward and over the edge and see below your ship. When you get out, you can look up and around and see your surroundings. It is one of the most immersive experiences that I have ever had in video gaming. And Star Citizen was already immersive. Star Citizen was already this pinnacle of how to dive into an entirely different universe. Uh, add Toby eye tracking to it, and you feel like you're basically in virtual reality with just your monitor so i cannot celebrate the toby eye tracker enough Um, it's a small bar that easily just gets put underneath your monitor so i chose to do what this picture shows i chose to just stick it on the bottom of my monitor but you can put velcro on the back and have it stick underneath it has all different attachments that you can do but it's a small bar that connects usb and that's it fire and forget takes very little setup very little software integration uh, and you're ready to roll in five to ten minutes Um, and it has more than just gaming applicability it also has uh, work capabilities so if you're watching one screen let's say you have multiple monitors up like i do at work you can be looking at one screen and executing an excel spreadsheet and doing all your power pivots and all that crap which involves a lot of like looking around to other tables and other screens well it can actually pick up where you're looking and it'll switch to that monitor it'll switch to that screen and you're able to multi-manage um or multi uh yeah multi i'll, I'll stay with multi-manage <clears throat> it'll, it'll help you with those tasks so it's beyond just gaming so i i recommend you've got up to like 300 dollars to spend um toby eye tracker is the way to go in my personal opinion Um, second piece the RAM I did upgrade from like 16 gigabytes to um, the 32 gigabytes and it is all the difference in the world it is absolutely all the difference in the world Um, I can turn on volumetric clouds and actually experience great frame rate right I was at I think like 90 frame rate you know, in in one of the capital cities. I'm in Hurston right now. So Lorville had great experiences there, haven't had issues since. So upgrading the RAM, like Corsair Vengeance Pro uh, for 32 gigabytes. So highly, highly, highly recommend that. But all to say, last week was a phenomenal conversation. We didn't have an episode, but still engaged with the community and those listening and those on Twitter and Instagram, y'all participating in that conversation over on TikTok. Phenomenal conversation and I actually took what y'all said to heart and executed so I just need now to uh, To get throttles right to get joysticks, and I have no idea How or where or what I'm gonna commit to (laughs) So still up in the air Uh, I'll get back to you on socials (laughs) All right moving quickly so that was the um, the prime day so let's get into the CitizenCon updates we're at 18 minutes to the top of the hour so I'm gonna go ahead and go kind of quickly as we go through this so citizen con there were two updates for booth applications and for fight or flight so the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna look at fight or flight <clears throat> So a couple of days ago, actually yesterday at 8 a.m., we had an article on um, Spectrum called CitizenCon 2953 Community Booths Applications Ending Soon. Okay. Before I get into this, like I said at the beginning of the call, I've had a lot of experience with Amazon, a lot of experience with TwitchCon and what it takes to build a community booth and the interactions and the expectations, I don't know, KPIs, if you want to get into how they perform and the impact. Um, But community booths are a phenomenal way of getting your organization, your content creation, um, or really anything that you think needs to be celebrated or broadcasted it's a phenomenal way to do so right you set up in like a, you know, a u shape or you'll they'll have this like path that the booths will set up around you'll have media that goes up and down the aisles you'll have developers that walks up and down and of course the fan base will walk up and down but this is the opportunity to get your name or get your product out there So I'm going to second CIG. I don't work for CIG. I have nothing to do with them at all whatsoever. Um, But I want to second their kind of like push for the July 31st. Apply if you want this. Here we go to the article. Hey there, citizens. With CitizenCon 2953 fast approaching, we're reminding you about an incredible opportunity that's about to close its doors. The CitizenCon community booths. We've already received many applications, but we don't want you to miss out on being a part of it. Applications for CitizenCon 2953 community booths are closing on July 31st. Yes, you read that right. The deadline for submitting applications to secure a spot for your booth at CitizenCon is rapidly approaching. If you've been contemplating showcasing your organization, community services, now is the time to act. Why should you participate? Participating in this event can be a game changer for your org or community. It's a fantastic opportunity to network and connect with potential recruits, showcase what you and your friends are bringing to the Verse, and gain visibility at the biggest Star Citizen event yet. Also, this is your chance to join the CitizenCon team. Getting accepted means your ticket is covered for free, and you'll gain access to the venue outside of normal operating hours. So I'm just gonna strategically pause there. Your ticket is covered for free and you'll gain access to the venue outside of normal operating hours. Sounds like a good reason to get your organization or your product out there. How to apply. I'm not gonna go through it. <laughs> if, if you wanna look into this and you wanna apply, go for it. There's an email address, there's uh, questions that you have to address uh, in order to get considered, but do so. And there's like maybe 10 items you need to do. But again, I I can't echo this sentiment enough. If you are trying to grow in the star citizen world as, again, a content creator or organization, you need to be applying. I would actually question organizations that are here, that are present, that can. I would question them not applying. Like, are you wanting a plateau? Or are you not wanting, you know, to become the next best thing? And if that's the answer, that's fine. Not everybody wants to be millions and millions of gamers uh, in, in their organization. I get that. But this is your chance to do it. Okay. I'm not going to belabor it anymore. I'm going to go straight into the next article. The fight or flight was announced. This is Atmosports, uh, Atmo Esports, uh, that is teaming up with Citizen Kind, officially sanctioned by Star Citizen. So if you're interested, like everything else I do in this podcast, it's straight from the horse's mouth. So if you go to comlink, you're going to find everything I reference in this podcast uh, straight off of the website. So here we go. Fight or flight comes to CitizenCon 2953. We're very pleased to announce that we're teaming up with Atmo Esports to bring fight or flight to CitizenCon 2953. This high octane competition will have an epic presence on the show floor complete with ways to spectate and enjoy live commentary. Fight or flight is the biggest 2v2 dogfighting tournament in the verse, with this year's online event kicking off on August 19th. Pause. So, Citizen Khan is not until late October, but this event starts August 19th. That is important. Don't wait around. If you wanna be part of this event, it starts like next month. It's not October, it's August. Participants are set up with the predetermined loadouts and will duke it out in the atmospheres of ArcCorp and Microtech. Each matchup is the best of 3, with the winner of 2 rounds moving on to the next stage. The top 4 teams in the online tournament will be eligible to participate in the Fight or Flight CitizenCon Invitational. These 8 players will be paired up with 8 Star Citizen Content Creators to duke it out for ultimate bragging rights. And an awesome trophy. <laughs> for those looking to test their medal, entries for the online tournament can be found on the Fight or Flight website, with signups closing this Friday, June 21st. Want to make sure you don't miss any of the action. CitizenCon tickets are now available. We hope to see you there. And then it goes on and provides information on how to get tickets. So, two reactions. One, I'm actually really surprised that general access tickets are still available. For some reason, I would think that this is the first time after COVID that we would have a CitizenCon, I would think that it would have been wall-to-wall, like, sold out within the first couple of hours, if not days. That's not me second-guessing, like, what to expect from CitizenCon. That's not me surmising anything negative. It's just, yeah, if you still want to go, you can't. Like if you're listening to this podcast or you're watching it on replay on YouTube, you can still go $200. So it's a little bit on the pricier side, but you're able to go to citizen If you still want to, as of right now, 8 49 PM on July 20th, <laughs> uh, you can go to this website. It's also available in the pledge store, but there you go. My second response to this is, uh, as earlier denoted in my conversation with Chris, um, i suck at dog fighting so i will not be i will not be competing on august 19th um for this dog fighting competition i i'm really bad like like really bad and i used to claim like gaming superior order. Superiority over most people. Like, I'm really good at Elder Scrolls Online when it comes to rotations, Elder Scrolls, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, uh, World of Warcraft, New World. I was really, really, really good at those games. I get into Star Citizen and I'm humbled very quickly. There's something about dogfighting in space. That I, I just I, I can't. Like, I literally took the Defender, the Banu Defender, and my ass got handed to me on like a VLRT. Like a very low-risk target bounty. That's how bad I am, guys. Horrible. Could have picked a better ship, arguably. So I will not be participating in this. um, Straight up. Last but not least, (laughs) I do want to spend the last 10 minutes, uh, again, this podcast, the little additional flair that I like providing for my patrons is a little bit of a a lore deep dive. So, uh, Star Citizen is, is, is full of lore. And if you don't believe me, listen to the last 16 episodes. I've only been able to cover like the high marks, the time capsules of what has happened. So I've walked you through basically, what, 2023. I've walked you from 2023 all the way to the events of Squadron 42 in the first 16 episodes of our podcast that's a lot of lore and that's just the the surface there's so much more lore to unpack so i am setting out to always always reserve time at the very end to cover a couple of things of lore something else to dive into if we're getting close to a holiday you're gonna hear invictus launch week me and the astro historian or the astro pub Goes by Paul. Um, we talked about the Evictus launch for an entire episode. Had a really, really, really great um, conversation. And I have to address this in chat. So how much to shave the beard into a mustache? Not happening. <laughs> I don't know why that comment stuck out to me <laughs> more than anything else. No, um, I will not be shaving my beard. Uh, it's, it's too much fun. It's too much fun. Um, lore, lore speaks to me. It's why I play the game. Um, you can, you can play a game and if you're transactional about the game, um, it's very easy to get burnt out. And I think every single one of you listening or watching can relate to that. You play this MMO Elder Scrolls online and once you beat all of it and you have all the things, all the things that you care about, man, you get burnt out and then you start playing animal crossing or some BS, right? Um, (laughs) <laughs> i had to uh, so for me lore is the additional piece like okay so what else is there can i fly to a asteroid belt find one of the asteroids and land on and find this like vending machine set up by somebody somehow somewhere what does it mean why why is it there the exploration that lore brings to the table I think is something very unique to star citizen as opposed to really any other game uh, because of the ability to kind of do and go and be wherever you know you want to be so I do want to quickly um, and I and I do mean quickly because we're at like eight minutes left in the podcast I do want to go over last week's lore makers community questions and there's some really good nuggets here um, and again I, I will read this fast <laughs> This is a podcast, not necessarily uh, for streaming purposes, but let me get into the Q&A. There's some gold nuggets here. So here we go. Screen sharing for those on YouTube. This is the Loremakers Community Questions. Again, last week on Tuesday, the first question. What happened to Leilani Addison? Question. Ever since Leilani got elected as Imperator, we haven't heard much about her. What happened? Answer. Several lore pieces have touched upon Leilani Addison's successes and failures as Imperator. Some of these details were revealed in articles about the other subjects, so the lore could track her effect on the UEE without each piece focusing on her. Here's a collection of articles tracking Imperator Addison's impact on the Empire so far. I'm not going to get into that. You can read it yourself, but. That's just how massive or how deep this lore goes, right? You're going to see like 10, 15 articles that supports one story. Next question. I know there is a desire to make as much unique flora and fauna as possible, but what of humanity's old frenemies? historically we have unintentionally shipped rats mice's this is this is actually a really good question rats mice roaches mosquitos etc all over the world and our record of accidental release is not much better uh, while i am sure there will be other alien creatures that fill similar niches how likely is it we will see a good old space rat tussling with its local equivalent in arc corp and other human settlements I don't know why that question, I I love it. I absolutely love it. The the ties from 2023 to 2953 uh, are a lot more believable than you might think. Answer, the familiar fauna you mentioned are definitely alive and well across the UEE. Space travel has been so widespread for so long that the pests and parasites that have hounded humanity for ages have also found a home wherever we've established one. For all the captains who would take the time to systematically vent each section of their ship to ensure no unwanted creatures were along for the ride, there would be plenty of others who would never bother. However, as humans traveled the stars and encountered new species, there has definitely been more competition for those Earth creatures. So it wouldn't be too surprising if an alien creature has taken over the vents on a space station that you'd normally expect to see a rat. Love it. Uh, Moving on, let's go. Like I said, quickly, question. I'm curious what Miner's Lament looked like or was before what looks to be an explosion that happened to destroy the station. Will we ever learn this or is it up to the theory groups? I'm actually going to pause. Fly around crusaders, asteroid belt. There is a lot to unpack beyond grim hacks. So you find grim Hex. So l- literally fly to grim Hex, turn around and just fly through the asteroid field. Worst case scenario, log out, log back in, you're gonna end up wherever you last, you know, called your spawn point. But you will find asteroids with, like I said, uh vending machines set up in a very, very particular way, Stonehenge, essentially. You're gonna find radio stations that were established on asteroid, uh, on on asteroids, like you see in this picture. Um, you're gonna see destruction or what is left or remnants of stations and it has to beg the question like when did this happen there's like 950 plus years between the events of today to the actual time in game what happened that is where i get to come in that's where like paul from the astro historian gets to come in and just go crazy because there's so much that we can unpack here's the answer to that question Miner's Lament is so named because it was the home of a tragic mining disaster in 2868, just a 100 years before. A small group of former Shubin Interstellar employees seeking to take advantage of the recently privatized state in the system pooled their resources and formed their own mining consortium. After scanning multiple available claim sites, the group decided on this location near Yella, thinking that it would provide them with the quickest profit. With the funds they had remaining after the purchasing the claim, they contracted out for the constructions uh, for the construction of a mining facility, believing the higher volume of ore they'd be able to process would offset the startup costs in the long run. However, when delays and costs over run threatened uh, overruns threatened the entirety of their operations they decided to halt construction and utilize the partially complete stations as best as they could finishing it once they made some profits so Inter- Schubin Interstellar. Now we can get into the background of Crusader or the background of Hurston. Impacts that they made on their corporations and the mining facilities and the shipping teams or logistic companies. We can get into that and dive into it. There's, there's going to be a new mission. Um, and for the life of me, I can't remember what it's called, but where you're going to be uh, going into warehouses of Connexes or the 18 wheeler trailers um, that have specific like logos on the outside of them right for the logistics companies and you're gonna have to go to the right one in order to get the right equipment for a delivery station knowing the history of it in the background is going to be important for some reason that immersion is super important to me. I don't necessarily need a blue little triangle or a diamond over my target in order to have fun or to have completionism in this game. It's very, very interesting how they're tying in lore to everything. We have a minute left, so I'm just going to read a couple more and then we're going to call it because again, out of respect of my listeners, my expectation is a one hour podcast. So here we go. Probably our last question what is the imperador's equivalent to air force one now before i read the question and get into the answer like i'm thinking like air force one in real life this is america by the way for those other 18 countries listening to the podcast air force one is a it is a commercial vehicle really, it's a private vehicle with a commercial frame for our government to fly from point A to point B that has all the assets of communication, operations, logistics, all the command decisions that need to be made. So if our president or a government official is in air traveling, they can still make decisions on ground, right? So when I think this, it's nice, it's going to be formal, it's going to be, you know, it's going to have its uh, rich mahogany for, for you know, public releases and media, right? It's going to have all that and it's going to have the capability of everything else. I'm thinking it's almost going to be like a military version of an origin. Like I'm thinking 890 jump, or I'm thinking like a 600i that just so happens to have this like extra package of just this crazy, crazy, um, capabilities, right? That's how I approach this question. So here we go. Question. It's been hotly debated amongst my friends. We had a couple of different ideas that range from a cutter all the way to an 890 jump. Boom. Guesses include Terrapin. Okay. First off, no, 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 not the turtle. No, <laughs> the Terrapin is good for nothing. And if you, if you have a different opinion than that, Hey, email us star citizenbtv at gmail.com. I would love to read your sentiments and hear what you think about the Terrapin, but the Terrapin right now in its current stage, it's, it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Next custom spirit. E1 called the Imperator one. Okay. I see that 600. I exec custom. Cool. 890 jump custom Roger. And then the Carrick. I actually hadn't thought of the Carrick. Carrick's not a bad idea. So, what is the typical craft the Imperador uses to get from locale to locale when bringing their press crew with them? Answer Hmm, this information is highly classified. That's an easy out. (laughs) I mean, it's so true, but it's such an easy out. This information is highly classified. Since everyone flies ships strapped with weapons, the 1st Marine Combat Battalion goes to great lengths to ensure the Imperator's safe passage to the Empire. This includes using a vast fleet of ships, decoy flights, and other safety protocols that remain a tightly held secret by the 1st Battalion. Unlike Air Force One, the airplane that the President of the United States traditionally travels on, there are no seats for press on flights the Imperator takes for security reasons. Members of the press would board a separate charter with secure comms to the Imperator ship for impromptu pressing briefings. Update, it is worth mentioning that a heavy modified Crusader Genesis Starliner is part of this fleet. The previous administration under Imperator Costigan primarily used this vessel for official travel, but Imperator Addison has stopped that practice because of heightened security measures due to the Vanduul War. And there is a lot more to unpack here um, from a lore perspective. I highly encourage going through um, this article. It's good questions coming from the community. So you might find something you've been thinking or questions you may have um, answered here from the lore team or the narrative team. So with that... First off, I want to repeat what I said earlier. Thank you, Chris. Thank you to Southern Bell from Hell for getting all that coordinated. I appreciate the beginning of this podcast. What a great conversation we had around quote unquote griefing or just general adversity that we all face in the verse. You've been listening to Beyond the Verse, Star Citizen podcast with your host Solas. Join our in-game organization, Soul Provision, by applying at www.robertspaceindustries.com forward slash orgs forward slash provision. You can get involved in the conversation with your questions, comments, or emotional outbursts by emailing us at starcitizenbtv at gmail.com. Watch us live on Thursdays, 8 p.m. Central at youtube.com forward slash at starcitizenbtv and follow the conversation over at Twitter and Instagram. Both at forward slash Star Citizen BTV. Once again, thank you for joining us. We hope this finds you well. Until next time, safe travels as you traverse beyond the verse.